Welcome to episode 15 of the podcast of Lifeliner, The Judy Taylor Story. I'm the author, Shireen Boy. Chapter 15. Supply Run. The initial mountain of supplies and solutions has vanished. It's time for the supply run. They had received two weeks worth of alimentation, for the solutions last only so long, even in the refrigerator. It's just as well. It's good for Judy to stop by Gigi's office so he can see how she's doing. How she looks tells him much about how well she's maintaining herself. Cliff takes care of the supply run preparations. The ordering, the loading, and the unloading to ease the burden on Judy. Besides, she doesn't have the energy or muscle strength to do it. Before the initial run, he builds a trailer to carry the Everest of supplies. Tubing, solutions, bandages, bottles, the occasional air tank, syringes, disposable needles, her alimentation and assorted vitamins and medications. He puts a thermos cooler in the trailer to keep the solutions cool on the drive home and hooks the trailer up to the car hitch. Judy, he calls out. She emerges from the house with tins of cookies, a special one for Jeej, one for the nurses, and one for Cliff to give to the pharmacy technicians. He opens the car door for her and she climbs in. He gets in the driver's seat, pulls the choke, and starts the ignition. They're off. They drive down Highway 35 through Lindsay to Highway 401. He emerges into the traffic of long cars and big trucks and flows with it toward Toronto and the Don Valley Parkway. The parkway is familiar territory. Memories of driving down at night after night flood Cliff as he comes around the curve off Highway 401 and sidles right into the parkway traffic. He glances at Judy next to him, and then back at the road. Soon, he is pulling up to the College Street entrance to TGH and letting her out to visit Jeej in the ward. He then wheels the car around the service entrance off of Elizabeth Street. It's a bit of a bitch maneuvering the trailer into the loading dock area. The place is filled with trucks loading and unloading, driving in and out. The trailer is unwieldy. After forwarding and reversing futilely for a while, he gets out, unhitches the trailer, and manhandles it to the loading dock. He slams back into the car and reverses it up to the trailer. He hooks it back up. He walks into pharmacy where the pharmacy tech is waiting for him. Hi, Cliff, he calls out. I have some of your supplies ready on this cart. I was just waiting for you to come before taking the cold items out from the fridge. Sure, Cliff replies. Here, she made these for you. He hands over the tin of cookies. The tech takes the tin, opens it, and peeks inside. A smile engulfs his face. Thank you. I'll take these back in to share with the others. Cliff follows him and finds George Chalice, a pharmacy student working with Bond. He later takes over when Bond leaves. George quickly puts down his work when he sees Cliff and starts chatting with him about how the first two weeks back at home went. The weeks have passed uneventfully, he tells George, but his smile says that he's still walking on air from having Judy home. She's cooking dinner, doing a bit of vacuuming, and looking after him and the girls, Cliff continues. She likes to sit outside by the lake and read. He has to keep the girls from worrying their mother. You know what kids are like. And he's getting into his new job as an oil burner repairman. Judy isn't having any problems with her solutions, but that darn G-tube still irritates her. Nothing she can't handle, he finishes up. George listens fascinated. 
not only by how she's doing on the alimentation at home on her own, but also with her life up in Bob Cajun. The pharmacy tech interrupts them to say he's ready to wheel the carts out to Cliff's trailer. Just a minute, George tells Cliff as he's about to say goodbye. He grabs some forms and hands them to Cliff, telling him to fill them in and mail them before coming down. That way they can ensure that all the supplies are ready to go. Today, there are no changes in the alimentation. But in the future, George will explain any new changes to Cliff so that he can then instruct Judy. Cliff and George say goodbye. While Cliff is in pharmacy, Judy is making her way to Jesus' office. She smiles hello to his secretary and asks if he's in. She sits down to wait. Before long, Jeech comes out with patient and sees Judy, and a great big smile comes over his face. Hello! Hi, Jeech, these are for you, Judy says as she hands him his tin. For me? What's in here? Open it! He peels the lid up toward him and peeks over it into the tin to see a pile of chocolate chip cookies staring back at him. Oh, wow! He takes one and bites into it. These are good, he compliments her through a mouthful of crumbs. She grins. He swallows and reaches in for another. But before he bites it, he asks, So, how are you doing? He really looks at her as he listens to her airy, Fine! Never felt better, Jeej! Noting her skin tone, her hair condition, the way she's holding herself, her eyes. These features tell him what she's telling him, that she feels well. Even though she does not have that attractiveness of good health, the kind that infuses a face with energy and lets the body stand loose, her spirit oozes warmth and joy to such an extent that it pulls people to her and blinds them to the weakened body it resides in. People rarely want to stop talking to her. Jeej doesn't want to stop talking, but he has a patient waiting. Judy waves goodbye to Jeej and heads to G South. Hi, Judy, Pat calls out and comes out of the nurse's station. She's thrilled to see Judy looking so good and obviously enjoying being back home. The cookies are a welcome sight, too. The tin goes on the counter, the lid comes off, and nurses help themselves as they stop to talk to her. Cheech told me to visit. She pauses as she searches for the name. Pat knows the name. She and Cheech had discussed having Judy visit their newest patient on alimentation. Now that Judy has shown long-term alimentation to be not only feasible but successful, Cheech can use it on other very sick patients. But most are having a harder time adapting than Judy had. And Pat and Jeej believe that if these patients can see someone who's enjoying life and looking vibrant while on alimentation, then that will give them courage to accept this new way of eating. Pat walks with Judy to the patient's room and leaves the two women alone. Judy sits down, introduces herself, and explains how easy her alimentation is and what a lifeline it is. It only takes me 15 minutes every night, she assures this patient. I feel great. Look how good I look, too. The patient isn't convinced. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It isn't as if you'll be stuck in bed and feeling sick all the time. You'll feel great. I promise you. What about eating? You'll never get overeating. You will always want to eat something. You will have to work to get over it. You just go through it one day at a time. That's not encouraging. I can just tell you to accept it and get on with your life. The compassion emanating from Judy's eyes, the warmth of her spirit, and the strength of her heart sink into the woman lying in bed. Slowly, slowly, as she looks up into Judy's smiling face, she realizes that maybe this alimentation thing will be okay. She is the first of many whom Judy will visit in the coming years, visits she'll enjoy making on every supply run as a way to help the team that helped her. She says goodbye and heads back down the hall to the nurse's station, though she does not want to admit it. 
She's tired. As Judy is walking down the hall, Cliff is towing the full trailer out of the loading area in search of a two-car parking spot. There aren't many legal ones, and he quickly parks in the first one he finds. He walks into College Wing, knowing where to find Judy. She'll be with the nurses or one of the patients. When she was still in hospital and had become ambulatory, she hadn't stayed in a room much if she could help it. She had made many friends and preferred visiting them in their rooms, whether to team up with one to play practical jokes in the residence or to cheer another who was going through a difficult procedure. Judy, Cliff thinks, likes to help people. It's just one of the many reasons he loves her. He finds her chatting to Pat about the patient she just talked to. He notices her pale face and says nothing. She wouldn't want him to. She gathers up the empty tin from the counter, and they walk out to the car for the return journey home. Back in Bob Cajun about 5 p.m., Judy carries the tins into the house, washes up, and lies down on the couch for a brief nap before starting dinner. Cliff unloads the trailer. He puts the solutions and vitamins into the second fridge and brings the rest of the supplies into the back room. He unhooks the trailer and pushes it out of the way. He then follows Judy into the house to read the paper until dinner is ready. You have been listening to Lifeliner, the Judy Taylor story, a biography on a Canadian medical pioneer who made artificial feeding possible. Podcast by the author Shireen Jijiboy, one chapter at a time. Music used for this podcast is I Like It Like That by Steph Sachs and The King Is Back by Echoed, licensed under Creative Commons. They can be found at dig.ccmixter.org under Instrumental Music for Film and Video. I hope you enjoyed this chapter. For more information or to leave a comment, please check out the website at ggboy.ca or the Twitter feed at Shireen J. So until next time, thank you for listening to Lifeliner. I'm Shireen Gigi Boy. <laughs>